What's up, everybody? Welcome to the debut edition of a new project that we've got going. This is Fourth and Infinity, as we've called it, and it's going to be a weekly NFL recap podcast. If you know me, hi, my name's Nick. I am a co-host on Nick and May's Infinite Podcast, which you may know me from. My co-host, a couple of them that I have here, I had last year on Nick and May's Infinite Podcast after the Super Bowl to talk about the aftermath of that NFL season. I'll introduce them in just a moment, but this is a full new podcast with its own feed, and it's going to be a weekly NFL recap show. It's me and three other co-hosts, so I will start introducing them. First off, the two guys from the previous episode of Nick and Manny's that we did. Uh, Bobby is another co-host of mine. How you doing, Bobby? Good. Excited to do this. I always enjoy talking football, so yeah, you know, a weekly show is kind of right up my alley. Yeah, uh, it seems like not a whole lot of crossover appeal in the demographics of uh, Nicky Manny and uh, the, our friends and our listeners and and the people who follow football. So that's going to be interesting. We're going to be targeting a whole new crowd now, so that's going to be fun. Uh, the other guy that I had is Arcadia. What's up, Arcadia? Ready for some football? What's up? You ready for some football? Do they still have that song? I haven't heard it in no, a long time. I don't think so. Yeah, they changed it like five, six years ago, didn't they? Yeah. Okay. That was. I wasn't there something controversial? The... I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't remember the specifics, sure. but yes. Okay. I remember yep. this now. Anyway, we're already off topic. It's, we're off to a great start. So these guys, I know, I know really well. I've been on a bunch of podcasts and in a bunch of voice chats with them. We play video games together all the time. My third and final co-host is a fairly new friend of ours who we've been getting to know better and better and better. And we learned that you are also a massive sports fan is our friend Jay. How you doing, Jay? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, into sports. My Sundays for the rest of the year will be football and F1 racing in the morning, so mm-hmm. it'll be long Sundays, but I'm looking forward to, what is it, eight hours of uninterrupted football. Uh, it's close to 10, actually. Something At least like, yeah. 10 to 11, depending on how late Sunday night football goes, at least for me. Because for me, uh, I'm, in, I'm in the central time zone, and uh, we'll get into where we live and the teams that we follow in just a minute, but I'm on central time. So all the games start at noon for me and Sunday night football will end anywhere between 10 30 and 11 PM usually. So it's a full, basically 11 hour day of football. If you watch everything. Yeah. I think it's like 12 hours here. If you start at 10 and you go till 8 PM. Mm. Um, so eight hours of uninterrupted football and red zone. And then Sunday night. I've never, never yeah. done the red zone thing. We, we never paid for it at home. I'm just a watch whatever is on the air person. I just watch whatever's playing. Red zones at the move. Yeah. Red Zone is great, but I can't. Uh, I have Directv, and so it's like a, yeah. it's like three hundred and something dollars because you have to get. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so I, I I don't have it, but we had it at my parents' house when it was a lot cheaper mm-hmm. uh, for whatever they had. I think Spectrum, which it's great, but yeah, haven't watched it in a while. It's great yeah. if you're a fantasy football fan like me. Oh yeah, okay. here. yeah. We'll get into fantasy later because uh, fantasy is one of my favorite things in the world, and my also my least favorite thing in the world, of course, because that <laughs> is the nature of fantasy football. That's how it but, goes. Yeah, we'll get into that as we go. So first off, before we get too deep into things, I want to introduce each of us a bit more extensively. If you haven't heard any of us before, uh, just briefly going to talk about my history. All of our history is as football fans and the teams we're into and stuff like that. So I'll get started. I am as of right now twenty four and. When I first got into football was in 2005. Uh, I started following the Chiefs in 2005 after playing Madden 05 the year before and all that. I've been watching football fairly consistently ever since then. I became a super fan like early 2010s or so, and I've been playing fantasy ever since around that time. been playing it every year, and even when my interest in football as a whole had waned at various points, fantasy always kept me engaged, and the last couple of years of, watch- of watching and following the NFL, I've been especially engaged. Um, so I grew up in Kansas, and I still live in Kansas, and as a result, the closest team geographically to us is the Chiefs, so I've been a Chiefs fan all my life. Been through a lot of hard years, a lot of kind of good years, and now hopefully 
in a sustained period of glory days for the Chiefs as uh, the years keep going on and on. It's been a good few years uh, as a Chiefs fan, and I hope it keeps continuing on. We'll uh, see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, on the flip side of that, uh, Bobby, how, how about you? <laughs> Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, I'm in Michigan. So uh, unluckily for me, I am a fan of the Lions. Um, but really, I mean, I've been a football fan since I was real little. Um, watched the Lions growing up as a as a kid, but I was more of a college fan when I was real young. Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, then I ended up going to Michigan State. Um, but as far as the NFL goes, I really started following it in high school. I would say I watched it quite a bit before that. But as far as like stats and really rooting for the teams or watching, you know, every game. It was probably around high school. Um, and especially with Stafford, the Lions were at least fun to watch. I mean, they had at least a talented quarterback. So I've been a Lions fan. Uh, it's been a struggle, obviously, since, you know, forever, since before really I was, uh, you know, able to pay attention to it when Barry was here. So, uh, yeah, a lot different than Nick, um, with the chiefs, at least in recent success, but hopefully, you know, hard knocks is getting everyone fired up for the lions. So let's see how that goes. But yeah, I'm, I'm also big into numbers and stats. I'm an accountant, so I love, you know, following any stats. I keep spreadsheets of like NFL stats on my work (laughs) computer and stuff. So it's a, it's kind of a thing that I I just, I just kind of like keeping track of, um, and obviously fantasy, which we will get to, which is a big part of my fandom and the reason I like watching just any NFL game at any time. Yeah. Uh, Arcadia, what about you? Yeah. So I grew up a Raiders fan. Um, oof. Uh, uh, yeah. Oof. Uh, <laughs> from the Bay area and, uh, my dad and my uncles, they've had season tickets ever since the Raiders came back to Oakland. Well, obviously they don't anymore, but, um, yeah, I, I went to games since I was like eight. Uh, I really started getting into the sport around early high school. I watched NFL Network like all day, so I like I'm I'm big on the the history of the game and all that. And yeah, I've been playing fantasy football for like twelve years. And yeah, hope hopefully the the Raiders will they're they're starting to to turn the corner a little bit. I think as an organization, so. Pretty excited for what's to come. Sounds like a Lions fan every year. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. Yep. Uh, Jay, how about you? Yeah, so I'm also from the Bay Area, but I support the other team, uh, and now the only team in the Bay Area in uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I became a fan, I think, like vividly in the 2012 championship game where uh, mm. the ball did not go our way, uh, and uh, or the. 2011 championship game where the ball yeah knocked. against the Giants uh yeah against the Giants um, right and then uh it's been a up and down roller coaster since uh a lot of good years and then some really not so good years but we're back on the upward trajectory um and it's a definitely a franchise with a lot of storied history so mm-hmm. um it's fun to follow a franchise which has a lot of things in the past to compare to the present and a lot of people around it who I've been here for a long time. I've seen a lot of success. So, um, yeah, uh, that's kind of where I stand in, in terms of football fandom. And then I got into fantasy football uh, in when I started college. Uh, me and some buddies uh, started fantasy then, uh, and I've been playing fantasy with them ever since. And this year will be the first time I'm playing in two weeks. So wow, that that late really that's kind Welcome of to wild to me. My first yeah, yeah, my first league was when I was like 11 years old. I think I think it was 2009. 
So I've been playing, I guess, for 13, 14 years now, 14 total seasons, I think, at this point. So just weird, like, one of those things that I just assumed everybody's been doing forever, but you've only been doing it for a handful of years, which is wild to me. Yeah, that's sad to think that my first league was probably right around 2009 as well, but mm-hmm. that means I was like 18 mm-hmm. and you were 11. So yeah. there's a lot of that. I, I love making Bobby feel old anytime, any chance I get. Oh, yeah. Bobby's older than all of us here, but especially older yes, than Jay I am, and I. Jay and I are r- roughly the same age. Yes, I'm 31. So definitely the oldest of this crew. Yeah, there you go. Go ahead and dox yourself on the air, Bobby. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You said 24 for you. <laughs> you said your age, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Give us your IP while you're at it, Bobby. Um, check. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if we want to move on, start getting into some meaty topics. Uh, we had, like I said, Bobby Arcadio and I did an episode of the Nick and Manny Simpton podcast last year talking about a recap of the 2021 NFL season. And that was only a week, I think, after the Super Bowl. So there were a lot of stories that at the time were in flux and things that had not fully developed yet because we were still two months out from the draft and free agency and all that had not happened yet. So as I, what I noticed on that episode was a lot of speculation about where quarterbacks would wind up going. And there was a lot of quarterback movement, just like there was after the 2020 season. I think there might've been even more overall quarterback movement in this, this off season. The main thing I realized was a thing I said that did not age well, which is going to be a theme probably for all of us, but especially for me is that all my predictions are going to age horribly, except one prediction that I had on that episode that we'll bring up later as a major off season development. Uh, I had totally predicted that Aaron Rodgers would go elsewhere, and uh, he's still in Green Bay, folks. I got that one Mm -hmm. completely wrong, and I know that's bad news for you, Bobby. It is. Um, I think I predicted that he would stay. You both did. Um, Yeah, and which, yes, I'm I'm not happy about it, but that's (laughs) what I thought would happen. Yeah. Uh, I want him out of our division now. (laughs) I don't blame you. The only thing I'm, well, I guess I'm not, don't really care either way, but I'm happy because, like, rumors had been that he might go to the Raiders or the Broncos at one point if he left. So I'm glad that that Mm -hmm. didn't happen. Although uh, the Broncos did acquire someone, uh, another person who we had a lot of speculation about where he might wind up. The Broncos got Russell Wilson as their quarterback. And I believe today or yesterday, he signed a huge extension that's going to keep him there through 2028, which is like like his 17th season in the league at that point. Yeah, he will be 40, I think, at the end of that contract. So still five years younger than Tom Brady is now. That's something to mm-hmm. think about. All that to go <sighs> eight and nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit more optimistic for them than you are in that regard, but that's certainly a choice to ink yourself, lock yourself in with, with that guy for that long. I don't know if I would have made that decision, certainly not that long term. I understand it, but I, it's, I mean, it's a huge risk, especially because Russ hasn't been running nearly as much as he did, mm. you know, a few years ago even. And that's a lot of his value is just the ability to extend plays and scramble. Um, yeah. Even if he's not gaining rushing yards, I mean, he extends plays and, and throws on the run. So if he doesn't do that there, that's, I mean, you know, I think that's a lot of his game that's, yeah. you know, going to be at least minimal uh, going forward. Yeah, so you're saying his cooking hasn't been quite as good the last couple of years? No, not nearly as. You don't want to let we, we should we, we might have someone at some point on that can tell us about that cooking. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Other quarterback movement throughout the league. Uh, Carson Wentz, who was the Colts quarterback last year, mm-hmm. had a good start to the year and then faded down the stretch. He got traded to the Washington Commanders, which is their third name in four, three or four years now. And I'm still not used to calling them the commanders. I actually got pretty used no. to calling them the football team. And uh, yeah, I'm still getting used to calling, calling them the Washington commanders, but Carson once went there now. And uh, that's a lot of money for a team that's going to go five and 12 with him. 
Yeah, that's all I have to say Car- about Carson him. Wentz is a five and twelve quarterback. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just yeah he he's kind of just proven that he um he's not going to be the one to take a team somewhere. He has to be on a team that's already put together. Yeah, and even then with the Colts, he couldn't really do it. Yeah, he was really yeah, good Colts before have, that injury, man. Yeah, that injury yeah. derailed him, and then I think the fact that Foles won that Super Bowl without him kind of killed his confidence. Mm-hmm. Because he's never he's been the so, same. He's just so reckless. Yeah. Too like he he plays recklessly, not just like with the football, but like just as a player. Yeah. Uh, so we mentioned the Colts. The Colts acquired a new quarterback after dealing wins. So they got from the Falcons Matt Ryan, who is an interesting acquisition. They seem to be obsessed with getting veteran quarterbacks at this point. With uh, in lieu of mm-hmm. actually investing in someone long term, uh, they got Philip Rivers for a year. Wentz is not too old. He's like a six or seven year veteran at this point. Uh, but even so he was an established name in the league and you knew what you were getting with him. Matt Ryan's sort of a similar situation. I think he's in like his 15th season now is what he's going into give or take. And sounds right. He faded. I mean, I shouldn't say he's faded. I mean, he's not as good as he was in that 2016 season, but again, he's getting older and all that. I think he still has something to offer. I think that would be, there'll be a stronger team as a whole without Wentz there. And I think he's better than Wentz overall, but I, again, I don't know how promising this is for the Colts long term. I think he'll be fine, but not what they need necessarily. He can still play. Yeah, yeah. he can. I just I, think I, that there's a ceiling. I think that the Colts might surprise us this year yep. um, with with him because they have a really good team around him, um, and he can still play. And you know, it, you know, he's obviously lost a bit from you know the Super Bowl year when they got there and everything, but he's still a good good quarterback, and I think. The change from him to Wentz, I think, is going to be pretty drastic. Or the other vice versa. But yeah, from Wentz to him. Yeah. It's definitely an improvement as far as the Colts go. And I do actually think they'll do fairly well this year, as we'll talk about a little bit later. But again, I still think doing well making the playoffs is different from actually being a threat. And I don't know if I would consider them a threat mm-hmm. necessarily, as especially in the conference that they're in. So the last big move, at least in terms of quarterback moves, uh, which we're not going to get too deep into all the all the ethics and morals of the entire situation. But uh, Deshaun Watson, who was the Texans quarterback for the last four or five years or so, he got traded to Cleveland for a lot of draft picks, and he got inked to a crazy deal. Is he the highest paid quarterback in history now? At least in terms no, of guaranteed money? Not, well, oh, uh, just straight guarantees. I saw the... Because of all I, the contracts recently, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a little unsure. But I know by year, um, Rodgers is ahead of him, and so is now Russ. Yeah, I was going to say, I um, but, saw the article yeah. about uh, Russ's extension earlier, and it said he was like the third, yeah. now the third highest paid in terms of guaranteed money. Let me see if I can find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, definitely top five, though. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's... When the deal was inked, it was the highest. Yeah. An absolutely crazy deal to make for someone who's a flight risk, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the Browns put a lot into uh, Deshaun and all the weapons they brought in around him. I think they acquired Amari Cooper, if I remember correctly. Yep. And they plus, didn't. plus the people they already had on the team, uh, Chubb and Cream Hunt and everything like that. So, yep. in theory, that was a very good Browns offense. And now he's suspended for the first eleven games of the season. So he will play eventually in this season, barring some sort of injury before he comes back. Uh, we all think I think it's safe to say we all think he should at least at the very least be out the whole season. But yes. that's not how it's going. He'll be back eventually, and I'm sure it'll just proceed like business as usual. Unfortunately, but yeah, he'll be back. That was the big. The acquisition of the offseason, I think, especially yeah. because the story around him continued through this entire offseason up until a week or two ago when that ultimate decision was made. So that was the big quarterback acquisition, I think, because 
last year he didn't play. He didn't play at all last year, did he? No. no. Right. Okay. No. I don't yeah, know if so he played like, the year before that either. No, the year before he that he had a great year. He played. Yeah, he was. He was like. Uh, he threw for like five thousand yards and yeah. had a great year. Like, he, yeah, he, he was, was one of my fantasy quarterbacks that year, and he was excellent. Yeah, uh, the last season that he actually played, even they though. lost in like the first round of the playoffs, I think. No, 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 they went like four and twelve. Yeah, they, they were like four. Oh and no, 12. no, that's yeah. right. No, it was yeah, before they, that they were in the playoffs. Yes, but they, yeah, they were like four and twelve when the Chiefs that's beat them right. in the playoffs. That's what you're thinking of. Yes, <laughs> it is what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. And he does have the most guaranteed money, by the way, two hundred thirty million. Oof. Okay. But guys, you're you're missing the most important quarterback decisions made of the offseason. The Lions cut both of their backup quarterbacks. <gasps> what are they going to do now? Because <laughs> they are brutal. Well, they're they they're getting Nate Sudfeld, which is who a, a Sudfeld oh, from Sudfeld uh, was San Francisco, San Francisco, <laughs> then to Philly, and he was one of the quarterbacks that was put in when everyone thought that they were tanking Philly. Um, in that oh, last game. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. that. I don't but, don't remember him specifically, but yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, but Boyle and Blau, the two uh, quarterbacks, and Blau, kind of one of the guys they focus on a bit in hard knocks, both got cut because mm. they are brutal. <laughs> so I'm happy about that. No yeah. one else cares because just the backup quarterback to Jared Goff. But, yeah. you know, I'm excited. Well, hey, if you want a backup quarterback, I hear San Francisco's got a great yeah. one. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. been interesting news. I think all, all uh, season we've, uh, like the team and the media have been talking about where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to land. Uh, there was talks about him potentially going for a year to Cleveland or to Char- uh, to Carolina to uh, or where else. Uh, he was rumored to go to the Jets when uh, Zach Wilson's out for the year. Uh, right. But at the end of this, it looks like just last in the last couple of days, they've re-signed him to uh, a super expensive backup quarterback deal which will mm. make for an interesting season uh, as yep. many people will call for mm. his head or well, many people will call for Trey Lance's job since uh, he's still on the roster. So we'll see how that shapes out. Oh, the narratives are going to be so fun. They're going to be it's, so fun. Yeah. It's not going to stop. I, w- I talked about Lance a bit on our uh, previous pod. Yeah. The one that we did. And I, I, was, I was saying how, you know, it seemed like he was so raw and not ready. Let's test that now. Cause especially with yeah. Jimmy G there, I mean, this is going to be, I'm going to be watching that, you know, like a hawk, and I'm not even a 49ers fan. Just morbid curiosity about how all that's going to shake out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So other other quarterback news, which I had forgotten until you mentioned Carolina, the former Browns starting quarterback, <laughs> Baker, uh, Baker Mayfield, yeah. is now in Carolina as their new starter, which, uh, again, a lot of money for a team that's going to go like 5-12. and 12. Yep. Yes. <laughs> they might be a little they, better than that, uh, especially if McCaffrey stays healthy, but again, that's not a team with much hope, I don't think, and adding Mayfield is not no. a move to give you much hope. And Carolina has been trying to scramble to find a quarterback for years. They've yeah. been going through any possibility they even, you know, that's out there. Yeah. And I think Baker's an improvement, mm-hmm. but not much. A marginal improvement, but I don't think he's going to yeah. shift the tides of the team. Maybe they'll surprise yeah. us, but I don't see that happening with him and with this team. Yeah, the only thing I'll give them is that they play in kind of a crappy division outside of the Buccaneers, but we yep. we don't know, like... We say it every year, but it could be the year that Tom Brady finally shows his age. Mm. And I feel like the division's wide open if that's the case. Yeah. So you never know. If that's the case, then also I think the Saints could surprise us a bit. I, I don't say. have them making the playoffs or anything right now, but it's I, I would not be shocked if they sh- you know showed up and went, you know, t- uh, had like 10 wins or something yep. like that and got a wild card spot. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. That division could be interesting yeah 
I agree with you. Um, and of course, all our predictions we're going to make are way too early, and it's all on paper as everything is at this moment. Everything is going to go wrong for everybody at some point in the season because there's a bunch of factors, injuries obviously mainly, that are going to change everything because that's just how it goes. None of our predictions are actually going to be right in the end. I, I hope I hope not because that makes things a little more fun. But yeah, were there any other quarterback moves that I wasn't thinking of? Because um, I'm not remembering any. Well, I mean, those, those are all the major quarterback ones. Quarterback-wise, that's the major ones. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. other than Mariota is now starting for the Falcons. Yeah, that's, oh, that's right. Um, but, I mean, that's minor kind news. They're going to be a nothing team this year. Yeah. And Trubisky yeah. starting um, in Pittsburgh. And Trubisky's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we talked about yeah. what Pittsburgh would do. I think they, if yeah. they had their way, they could have gotten Russ or Rodgers, but that did not happen. So mm-hmm. they got the next best thing, which was Nick, uh, Mitch Trubisky. Was Ben Roethlisberger already yeah, well, retired when we recorded the last pod? I think I think he was. Yes, yes, he was. So yes, we were already. I believe it had just yeah, happened. Bobby predicted mm-hmm. I think that they would do a year with Rudolph and then they would evaluate from there. But they decided. Did they just get Trubisky for a year? They have Trubisky. I don't know what they signed him for, but they drafted uh, Kenny Pitt. Or uh, yeah, yeah, they got yeah, Pickett. Yeah, Pickett. Pickett. They got Pickett. So um, I mean, they're definitely hoping he's going to be the guy. Yeah, I think he was the only quarterback selected in that first round, if I recall correctly. He was definitely the first one. Yeah. Uh, I believe it, I believe he was the only first round pick. Yeah, yeah, the only yeah. first round quarterback. Yeah, yep, that sounds yeah. right. Oh yeah, so, I'm, I mentioned Tom Brady, Nick. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get into a couple acquisitions again after this, but the uh, the big story that had happened around the time we did that episode was Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, announcing his retirement. And uh, I was very skeptical that this retirement would stick. And I'm gonna I'm gonna toot my own horn here because it lasted what like two mo- uh, two weeks a month. If that, uh, uh, two like, or three weeks, something yeah. Yeah, two or three weeks. I remember cause he just, uh, re- revealed that he was coming back in a tweet and it was a very strangely worded tweet. And I think I thought he gotten hacked. I think everyone did for like 10 or 20 minutes. And then it was like, Oh no, this is real. He's back. And it's just business as usual. Um, there was a lot of off season drama with the books after that. And uh, as far as Bruce Arians leaving and everything like that, uh that yeah my, so, i have my thoughts on yeah we all have our thoughts on, on the things that happened and there were stories about what brady's plans were with his retirement <laughs> that had fallen through which are just fascinating to think about all the butterfly effect of any of everything that happened there uh or what could have been as far as everything that was planned to happen with that but yeah brady's back for has he got one or two more years on his contract i think it's two i think, uh, I think he has two left yeah because i think yeah i think that's right yeah what i will say about the possibilities in that i will just say that bill belichick is a mad genius <laughs> <laughs> that man was playing 4d chess folks. yeah he really was <laughs> i mean do you want to go over it huh do you want to well, I mean, go, go over, over it? it i don't recall the details i think i'll let you guys take over as far as every major detail as far as that goes but we can talk about it okay it's fascinating yeah. So for mm-hmm. for those that are unaware, there there was some rumors that sprouted up during the offseason that Tom Brady was trying to orchestrate a move to the Miami Dolphins and bring Sean Payton, who just retired, who had just retired as the coach of the Saints, along with him. And not long after this, um, the hiring cycle was going on and. Um, Brian Flores brought his lawsuit against the Dolphins that he was asked to tank games and well, there, there, it was part of that, but it was also his lawsuit that minority coaches don't get a fair shake in the interview process in the NFL because he had been passed over for the bills job 
for Brian Dable. And mm-hmm. apparently, Bill Belichick texted him <laughs> saying, good job, They're, you're their guy. And I guess Bill Belichick, quote unquote, didn't realize that he was texting the wrong Brian. Texted the so, wrong Brian. <laughs> of course he did. So he told Brian Flores when he meant to text Brian Dable, who ended up getting the job. And so this funneled into the whole conspiracy theory that Bill Belichick knew that Tom Brady apparently knew that Tom Brady was trying to orchestrate a move to the Dolphins, and he tried to blow that up by, quote, texting the wrong Brian. (laughs) And Well, what makes that interesting, really quick, just to interject, is that they found that in the um, the penalties they gave to the Dolphins, the tampering with Brady went back to the Patriots' final year mm. when he was there. So they he definitely could have known about yes. that. Yeah. He could Which have been I'm planning sure. to go to Miami for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm sure, you know, as far as, again, if all this is true, that would definitely be part of Belichick's bitterness towards the Dolphins. Plus, it's a divisional rival that the greatest of all time would be going to with a with like a Hall of Fame level coach. So... I don't blame him for allegedly trying to blow all that up and succeeding ultimately in doing so. But again, it's just absolutely fascinating if that's how everything went down, which I'm going to choose to believe that because that's a fun story. Yeah, it's, it's all speculation, of course. Like we have to take all the reports with a grain of salt, but it's, it's definitely definitely adds to the whole juiciness of the situation. Yeah, the pieces all fit. They do. It's just whether that's actually true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, again, it makes for a great story and it makes enough sense that I just want to roll with it. Yeah, and it cost but, the Dolphins their first round pick next year, or something like that. Was, I didn't think that it, would happen. I, I didn't remember what the yeah, ultimate sanctions things. against them were. Yeah, I know it yeah, cost like them a first at least round their first round pick. Damn. Yeah, and a few other things too. I don't remember the details. Yeah. But yeah. Well, speaking of first round picks, this is a great segue that I'm going to make here. The Chiefs, uh, they had one of the best wide receivers in the NFL in Tyreek Hill, and. There were rumors after another wide receiver who had been traded, which we'll mention in a second for Arcadio. We'll save that for last. Uh, After the deal that he got, that Tyreek Hill wanted to be the highest, at least paid equivalent to the highest paid receiver in the NFL, which the Chiefs apparently were not able to provide. So they started shopping him. And this all happened maybe in the span of a week, I think. It all came about very quickly. But ultimately, Tyreek Hill, for many, many draft picks, was traded to the Miami Dolphins, ultimately. And, uh will be interesting to see how he fares there considering the level of quarterback play is not quite what he's used to in Kansas City but he got that bag so I guess good for him but yeah that was that was an interesting little period of time as a Chiefs fan because uh what I'll also mention was that we were talking on the episode at the end of the Super Bowl last year about needs that our teams had going into the offseason and what we expected to happen Chiefs fans, and me included, priority was all defense, about fixing the defense, making up for people that had left and everything like that. And then everyone's priorities immediately changed when the top wide receiver that we had, one of the best in the league, suddenly gave up. Everybody wanted the first round pick for the Chiefs to be a wide receiver and nothing else. So that was a fun time as a Chiefs fan, seeing everybody totally panic. But we'll see ultimately, but I think things are going to work out okay-ish, for at least for the Chiefs. We'll see how uh, he fares in Miami, but that was another big deal that happened in the offseason. Yeah. Um, do you think as a rookie that Sky Moore will make an impact or or not? Do you have any like feel on that? So my thought on that is that over time, maybe. But 
as far as I can see, he's going to be slotted as a wide receiver four at best. I think he's being used for special teams. I think he did some point returning in the preseason, if I recall, which I didn't watch any of the preseason games, but that seemed to be what I heard happened. But the Chiefs' current depth chart at wide receiver, you would have Juju, who they acquired as a free agent. Uh, then you'd have Valdez, Scanling, and then McCole Hartman. He might swap those two around. And then at four after that would be Sky Moore, in theory. So I don't know if he'll make an immediate impact on offense itself. I think he'll start with him at special teams, and we'll wait to see how the new acquisitions do at wide receiver. But I don't think any one of those guys will fill the hole left by Terry Kill, at least not immediately. But I think, personally, as far as that goes, I sort of am glad this happened now and not in a year or two when his deal uh, coming up would overlap with Travis Kelsey, I believe, and any other deals that we had to make. I kind of like that they got out of the way, even though it was sooner than they probably wanted it to be. Okay. Yeah, I because I had you know I just know they drafted him and I haven't really been paying attention. That's also a fantasy question to be, see if I should you know take a flyer on Sky Moore at some point. Yeah, I'd be interested. I I wouldn't get him. I talk fantasy briefly. I wouldn't draft him, but I think you know a few weeks in the season if he's getting more playing time, I think he might be a sneaky good flex pick. But that depends on how the Chiefs use him because I personally have no faith in how the Chiefs use any of their offensive weapons. Because uh, I mean, the last six years they've been totally reliant on Hill and Kelsey, and then every every now and then they'd be decoys and the other guys would get involved. But it's mostly been those two, and now only one of those guys is there. And there's not an immediate top star on the level of Tyreek Hill as a secondary guy for their Mahomes to go to. So the field's wide open for someone to step up. But I also know how the Chiefs use people that they have on their offense. They will acquire people and never use them like they did with Josh Gordon or like they did with LaShawn McCoy or, um, crap, there's one other guy, but I totally forgot. But there's a history. Oh, um, Le'Veon Bell. There we go. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they love acquiring people and then not doing anything with them. So I don't have total faith. Um, Juju, I think they'll be heavily involved with. Valdez Scantling, I'm not so sure about. And I think Brett Veach has a, short sort of rocky history in terms of drafting so sky Moore has good potential but again i don't know if that'll be realized and i don't know if it'll be entirely his fault either so last thing we'll mention arcadia would you like to mention who the raiders got this offseason Devonte baby tay adams 15 fresno state's own back together <laughs> with his best buddy Derek carr oh i'm so excited you're so excited. Are you excited for how much they paid him? That's, I don't care. He's the best receiver in the NFL. Pay him whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, true, true. You also, uh, one thing that you got correctly, you got pretty close with the length of time and the amount of money for Derek, uh, Derek Carr's extension that you called for in the last episode, I believe. So pat yourself on the back. Oh, yeah, that. I did, didn't I? You did pretty well with that. I don't remember the exact nice. specifics of what they signed him to, but you were pretty close. So I'm looking at this article here. They really only they really only got Devontae for a first and second round pick. Yep. Yep. Holy shit! Pulled from last year's I'm looking draft. at what they got. I'm looking at what the Dolphins got Tyreek yeah. for. It's like a round one, two, and four pick in 2022, and then a round four and six in 2023. That's kind of insane. Kind of insane. That's almost like a crazy bargain for Devontae. Not almost. That is in fact a crazy bargain for him. Yeah, I was gonna say what we should mention with these is that kind of um, the big story of the offseason was the wide receiver market and what yeah. happened with all these signings. And it kind of made teams scramble a bit mm -hmm. because just those moves made like Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf unhappy. Um, obviously, AJ Brown got traded to the, to the Eagles, which was a big move. Um, and then Debo and DK uh, both got re-signed for big money. But 
the wide receiver market now is through the roof. Like that was, that's the next position that just blew up. So that's going to change how rosters are constructed now going yeah. forward. Yeah. A part of that was uh, the Jag signing Christian Kirk for an obscene amount of money. <laughs> yep. Um, that, that was like that the first one that everyone thing. questioned. Yeah. Yeah. Teams are going to overpay for wide receivers a lot in the next couple of years. And you have Devontae Adams to thank for that. Devontae Adams started it. The snowball started rolling. Tyreek Hill picked up on that early on because obviously he is a great receiver who is worth a lot of money. I don't know if he's worth as much as he wants, but that's another story entirely. But yeah, I mean, that started a snowball that's going to continue continue rolling for probably a couple years when contracts start coming up. Am I, am I missing anything else in terms of major stuff that happened in the offseason? We mentioned Tom Brady, which I also wanted to get into. So is that it? I think those are all the big moves. I'm sure it. that as the weeks progress, we will find people who moved or who are on a new team for the first time who are breaking out and we'll definitely talk about them. Yeah, you kind of you kind of mentioned A.J. Brown a little bit, I think, right? A.J. Brown, I will yeah, mention I briefly. That. He's always been a guy who like people, people, I think, overrate him a bit, at least in terms of fantasy, because I don't think he's ever had a thousand yard season. And it's not like he had a crazy touchdown season either. Cause my, my best friend and I were talking a while back and he's like, is AJ Brown like really, is AJ, is it me or is AJ Brown kind of a disappointment? And I'm like, no, I don't think he's ever been particularly good. Like he's like no, an, he, an eight fifty and five touchdown kind of guy, which I don't know. No, you he's pay been, crazy he's money had a for. thousand. He's had a thousand. He's had a, yeah, he's think, had a couple of thousand yard seasons. Um, and he like missed Cause I had him in one of my leagues last year and I, that I, so yeah, he definitely helped me in win one of my leagues because he had he was out for a little bit. Like he was the number one receiver on my team for a bit. Then he was out for a few games. Mm. But when he came back, he carried my team like in the playoffs. He, okay, stuff, yeah. so. he's one of those guys okay. that yeah, he's, he's not very consistent. But when he has a boom yeah, week, it. it it'll you're you're winning the week. Period. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He yeah. was, I guess he missed four games last year, but he was he was under a thousand last year. 2019, 2020, he did well. But I still feel like overall people talk about him as like a top wide receiver in the league. And I don't think he's at that level. Certainly not at the level of the two guys that we mentioned a second ago. I think, I think talent wise, he could be there yeah, if he he's stays got, healthy. He's got potential for it. He watch it. Like, Cause watching him, he's a beast, mm-hmm. but he was also on a team that wasn't very pass heavy. Yeah. Um, I mean, and now he's going to a team with, you know, a little bit questionable at quarterback yep. as far as throwing the ball with Jalen hurts. But um, I think he could have a probably similar to what he did in Tennessee in 20, 19 and 2020 i would mm-hmm. say is what he he has potential to do there yeah um because they also have uh, uh what's the name who they just drafted um a couple or last year they're number one they're like number one guy before aj brown um, um, Devonte smith Devonte there you smith. go thank you yeah so I, th- I think there's a pretty good duo there so he's not going to get doubled all the time or anything so i think they could both do pretty well yeah, I think it's a good move for him. Hopefully, he can shine a little bit more. But I think last, I think his disappointment and his injuries last year sort of made me think he was a little worse than he was. But I still feel like he's not quite at the level of some of the other guys who got ridiculous money this offseason. But that's what the wide receiver market will do for you right now. There is one other acquisition that I forgot to mention, one that affects me in a negative way, which is that the Chargers acquired Khalil Mack from the Bears, which I mm. totally forgot about. I completely forgot this happened, to be honest with you. Yeah, they got him he and enjoyed, uh, yeah. J.C. Jackson, I think. Yeah, he and he and Joey Bosa together. Not 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 ideal for me. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah, the Chargers are making a push. They are. We'll see if it sticks because they still haven't even made the playoffs yet with the Herbert team that they have at the moment. Oh, even you mean you mean them. the second coming of of you know who himself, mm. Justin Herbert, of Pete. <laughs> yeah, of Pete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I still like 
every year I expect them to be a little better than they are. And this went this went back even during the Philip Rivers years. I would expect the Chargers to be a bit better than they are, and they never are. Yep. Yeah, because the Chargers have terrible luck. I mean, yeah, they're a cursed organization. So many Chargers blown games. I also think Brandon Staley makes some really bad coaching moves. Well, there's that. You mean you mean game seventeen last year was not the ideal <laughs> yeah. coaching, like not the optimal not, coaching not for that situation. Quite. I think he coached a great game personally. Oh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> Says the Raiders fan. <laughs> what a game that was! We talked about that as well, along mm-hmm. with some of the most ridiculous games of last season. But yeah, I think that's a general overview of all the main acquisitions that happened in the offseason and the main stories that happened. Again, the Deshaun Watson story kind of dominated the entire offseason just because it took months for that for it to be official what was actually going to happen with him. And obviously that resulted in a lot of moves outside of that. But yeah, that's a general overview of what happened. So if we want to start looking forward to the season that we're about to get, it'll tie into predictions. We're going to do predictions for all the divisional winners and the wild card and what the Super Bowl matchup is going to be and all that. Uh, we can talk at least about our teams and then what they did in the offseason and how we expect them to be this year and moving forward. So Bobby, would you like to start talking about the Lions and your expectations for what they're going to be? Sure. Well, uh, hopefully there's only room for improvement. Yeah. Um, cause last year was kind of a, uh, tear it all down. Um, get maybe a culture, get Dan Campbell, his first year of coaching under his belt. Um, but mostly I just want to see improvement. If we can push towards 500, that would be great. Um, yeah. I've been impressed by both drafts with Brad Holmes now and, and Dan Campbell, cause they kind of work very much together in all of this. Um, and Dan Campbell is just entertaining as hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, watching hard knocks, um, a lot of his speeches may not fully make sense, but they definitely get you motivated. And I think he's a lot smarter on as a <laughs> you know uh, smarter as a football guy than people give him credit for because of his his personality and the way he speaks. Uh, but some of the stuff he says, it's like oh, that's like really analytical, and he's like really digging into all this stuff. So I'm excited. Uh, I think we got something with Amon Ross St. Brown. We signed DJ Chark, and then also drafted um, Jamison Williams. So I think by the time he comes back, the receiving core was brutal last year. And I think it's going to be kind of a plus by the time the year ends this year. Uh, Also with Hawkinson. So the offense could be exciting. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams are both solid. Um, Swift could be great. So we will see if he can stay healthy, but so Goff is obviously our biggest question mark on the offense. And and this is definitely a prove it year. I think they need to get a new quarterback next year in the draft or Mm -hmm. sign a veteran of some sort because we're kind of only tied to him for one more year with his contract, then we could cut him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that, you know, the biggest, the the biggest question mark is the defense, which was brutal last year. And we made some improvements. A lot of them are young. So like if Malcolm Rodriguez, who we drafted pans out as a linebacker and, and some of the guys step up um, that were young and, and, and rookies, like uh, we have another linebacker too, that I'm blanking on his name, but if Jeff Okuda can, can pan out, you know, he's not hurt this year and he was a number three overall pick as a corner. Um, we'll see how that goes. So we have a lot of pieces in place. I, I just kind of want to see them push towards 500 and improve um, and be more exciting to watch because last year was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, you did mention on that last episode that they had a lot of close games last year and they just they were did. on the opposite side of a lot of those. Unfortunately, it mm-hmm. could have easily gone the other way. But yeah, I feel like you you sort of left last year feeling like there was potential, and it sounds like you feel more strongly about that now, which is, Definitely. in theory, the sign of a good offseason that they had. Yeah, I, I'm pretty – I'm optimistic. I mean, I'm never going to say I'm fully excited for a Lions season yeah. when they're in this rebuilding mode until it actually happens, but I'm – it looks at least promising, and I'm intrigued to see what the difference is going from year one under Dan Campbell to year two 
Um, and with a new offensive coordinator, which sounds like he's doing a good job in camp and everything, everyone's kind of liking what he's putting together. So, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm curious. Um, like I said, if, if we can get near that 500 mark, that would be great. Yeah. Jay, what about you? How about the Niners? How are you feeling about the Niners right now? Uh, feeling pretty good. I mean, I think it's a really interesting division. I think, uh, there's, there's three really competitive teams and, and one team that, uh, has always been a pain in our side in Seattle. So. <laughs> Uh, I think that uh, the team is really well stacked. I mean, it all comes down to how well Trey Lance looks and what kind of scheme we can put together for him and how um, mature he is. I mean, like we gave up a lot to get him. So predictions for the season, I feel like a wild card pl- uh, position seems reasonable, it, potentially even winning the division. I know some people are super high on the team. Until we can consistently uh, show Trey Lance has good uh, ability and under center, then I don't, I'm not willing to push all my chips in, but I have seen some really strong athletes come through that position uh, who can run, and they we've done really well with them. So hopefully that streak continues. Yeah. Arcadia, how about you? Yeah, so I don't remember if it was a done deal during the last podcast, but Josh McDaniels is the coach of the Raiders now. I, th- I think I mentioned that the big question mark was the offensive line. I think their offensive line has unfortunately gotten worse but they got rid of leatherwood i mean that could be addition by subtraction yeah (laughs) it it, it all depends on like how how they fit in scheme wise and all that because we didn't even see a whole lot of the starting offensive line together during the preseason if if any at all so i i think people are making a bigger deal of that than it is but i do think it still is a big deal of course like we mentioned they got Devontae adams they still have Hunter Renfro, who they just re- uh, extended, they have Darren Waller, who looks like they're gonna come to another to an extension for him that they've been hoping for. And with when those three three guys are on the field together, like even if the offensive line is like shaky, I think that's gonna be a really tough group to defend. And I know people make a whole thing about Josh McDaniels as a head coach and all that, but. The truth is he's still one of the three best play callers in the NFL, I think. And so I think he'll make up for a lot of what the offensive line lacks. Like I I assume they're going to be in a lot of two tight end sets and they're going to be chipping off the right side and all that. But just imagining like a two tight end set with Darren Waller and Foster Moreau blocking and all that like that. I I think they're going to be a lot better than people even realize. And of course, that's probably just me drinking the Kool-Aid, but I fully expect them to contend for the playoffs again and hopefully make more noise in the division, like in the division race period, even though that division, of course, is going to be a complete slugfest. Yeah, that's in theory the most exciting division in football as it stands on paper before the season goes. We'll see how how all that shakes out because like you said, it will be an absolute bloodbath because all four teams are very conceivable division winners in that in that division and i don't think you can say that about any other division in football this year closest you can say is the nfc west but that would be it but they only have three that's three out of four yeah it's three out of four um so i guess i'll talk about the chiefs last year uh arcadio's rival in the west uh like you said gonna be an incredibly competitive division this year and on paper at least in the interim i think they're not as strong a team as they were last year uh, the loss of tyreek hill i think will hurt in the short term i think especially like like we talked about as sky Moore comes along that'll be good. And they've got a lot of targets that Mahomes can throw to. It's just, 
I don't have the faith necessarily in the play calling. Bianami's still there. He didn't end up going anywhere. Once again, he couldn't find a job anywhere. And he's still in that Andy Reid system. And they have Matt Nagy back as quarterback's coach, who he was he was quarterback's coach for Alex Smith, and he was the coordinator in Alex Smith's last two years there before he took the Bears coaching job. He's back as QB coach. I hope this is <laughs> hope it's not a negative as far as Mahomes goes, because he did have one year as Smith's backup with Nagy there as QB coach. I don't know the specifics of all that and what he learned from him and what his philosophy is and how it's different, but I don't have a ton of faith in the offense this year. Not Okay, not in the players themselves, but at least in terms of the play calling, because I have the same issues I've always had with Andy Reid's play calling, and I feel like without one of the top weapons there now, those issues are going to be even worse. I worry about an over-reliance on Travis Kelsey, and I every year I fear he's going to get hurt because I feel like he's one injury away from never, ever being the same again. And especially if he takes on an even bigger workload this year, I definitely fear something like that happening. Uh, but I just get very pessimistic about this team because on paper, they should be the best team in the league. And they showed signs of it last year after their early struggles. And that, down the stretch, they were the most consistent team. Uh, they ended up getting knocked out in the AFC title game, obviously. I really don't know how it's going to shake out for them this year. I could easily see them going 13-4, and 12-5, and five, winning the division easily, maybe getting a one seed. I could see them going 9-8 and eight and slipping in as a wildcard team. I don't think they'll be... I don't think they'll miss the playoffs this year, barring, you know, Mahomes injury or something like that. But I could see them being just okay or being the best team in the league again. I could really see it going either way. Uh, the defense, they got a lot of new guys there. Unfortunately, they re-signed Frank Clark, which I didn't want them to do. But they drafted a ton of guys for the defense. The draft, which originally everybody wanted them to draft t- people for the defense, worked out mostly in that favor. They got two defenders in the first round of the draft. They traded up for a cornerback, and then uh, they got, I think, a linebacker later on in the first round, and they got a couple other defenders throughout the draft. So there's a lot of youth on that defense, which might mean some growing pains, but it also might mean that they're faster and they're just more explosive on defense than they were before, because I think that defense, even though it got better down the stretch last year, it just felt old and tired and just I wanted to change and we have a change we'll see how it is in the interim and how it is long term but in theory they're better on the defensive side of the ball um offense is a lot of question marks right now but I'm still confident they'll be a good team I just don't know how good they'll be especially in a conference and a division that is more stacked than ever yeah and the Chiefs um one question I have is you mentioned like the workload for Kelsey I'm actually curious if his catches go down because they don't need to have someone over the top constantly for Tyreek Hill. Oh, 100%. That, that was definitely the that was the duo that kind of made their yeah. offense. So Tyreek could take the top off and then leave the middle of the field open for Kelsey. And if they don't have the guy there, they can bring a safety down or someone to, to watch Kelsey a little bit more. So I'm curious what they do. I know Reed is a great play designer, and Bandami is a good play caller, and they work together on it. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be a good offense. But that dynamic has definitely changed. Yeah, yeah, it's not... Not as strong as it was in, say, 2018, 2019, even 2020. Yeah, last year sort of shook my faith in both sides of the ball because Spagnolo didn't do bad in his first two years as defense coordinator. Obviously, he won the Super Bowl in his first year there. Uh, but last year, the first half of the year was painful, absolutely painful. And they became the best defense in the league scoring-wise in the second half of the season. But it wasn't enough. And yeah, I'm like they got rid of Tyron Matthew, um, or at least he left in free agency. I think he went to the Saints. Um, again, they got Frank Clark back, which I'm not happy about. Uh, they lost Melvin Ingram, which I would have loved to keep him. So it's a different look for the defense overall. A couple guys I wish weren't still there. But yeah, it's a wait and see, at least on the defensive side of the ball, and to an extent, the offense. Because as we talked about, Andy Reid never likes to run the ball, and I think he should consider doing it more this year, or at the very least, just getting Edward Tiller involved more, even though he's 
somewhat injury prone at this point, I really want them to shake things up on the offensive side now that they have a chance to do so because not as predictable of an offense in terms of who they're going to highlight because their big weapon is not there anymore. So we'll see. I'm very curious. But again, like I said, I can kind of see it going either way for them. Yeah, I think uh, that leads well into uh, seeing where you have them in your predictions. Nick. So I still have them winning the division right now because the other three teams in the AFC West to me are also wait and sees. Uh, On paper, I think it should be the Chargers to lose, but I'm again, I'm never confident in them. Uh, The Broncos, I said, were one good, one great quarterback away from being a contender. Wilson's a really good quarterback. I don't know if he'll lead them to being a contender, at least immediately. Um, But they have the potential. Uh, The Raiders also have more potential. They got better, uh, at least in terms of some acquisitions this offseason. So I could see it going to any of those four teams conceivably. I, not to spoil a couple picks down the line, but I could see three teams very easily from that division in, in the playoffs this postseason. So yeah, I mean, I could see it going a lot of ways, but I still, the Chiefs are sort of like, I'm not going to pick against them until someone dethrones them, and they're in that kind of situation for me. So I still have them winning the West. Homer pick. <clears throat> mm. uh, yeah. What, what's your pick, what's Arcadia? Your pick? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, surprise, surprise, I have, no, I'm just kidding. Unfortunately, I have the Chargers winning the AFC West. Mm-hmm. I just think yeah. that, I, I think it's going to come together for Justin Herbert this time. I mean, he's he's been good. He hasn't really been the problem for that team, but I think this year it's just it's going to be astronomical. I think they're they're going to be a really strong team. Yeah, Man, yeah. I, can't, I can't disagree with you. I just yeah, it can really go any of these four ways to me conceivably. So this was my we kind of brief. I kind of briefly teased a, a pick before we started, and, and I did pick the Chargers for this division as well. I, like you said, on paper, I mean, all the moves they made, um, it should come together, and Herbert just getting better and better each year, um, but. The defensive, you know, Cleo Mack and J.C. Jackson, and then um, just kind of keeping that offense together. Uh, I think they're, like I said, their biggest question mark is the head coach. Uh, it's it's Staley. So if if he doesn't lose them games with some dumb, you know, fourth down calls or whatever he does, I think it's kind of their division to lose. Well, it's not even their division to lose because the divisions, it, it's the best division in football right now, as far as we can yeah. tell on paper. So, but I think on paper they have probably the best roster um mm-hmm. just because the chiefs do have more question marks than usual but i mean that division is going to be a bloodbath it sure is it sure is i'm not looking forward to it jay what's your pick for the afc west uh i also got the chargers uh i think okay. uh defense is strong with bosa and khalil mack uh and then the offense with uh herbert I'm looking forward to it should be uh should be a fun fun ride to watch the afc west from a long long distance away <laughs> Not geographically, but I get your point. No. Before we move on to another division, um, I was just going to throw a little game out there for you guys. Um, oh, shit. So the AFC West this year for their schedule, they play obviously each other. They play yep. the NFC West and they yeah. play the AFC South. And then yeah. that leaves three games that vary depending on the previous season's record. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm gonna throw <laughs> I'm gonna throw the, these these alternate opponents at you, and uh, I'm gonna ask you guys what you think the the easiest and toughest draws are. So, okay. team one at Cleveland, at home against Miami, and at Atlanta. Team two at Saints, at Steelers, at home Patriots. 
Team three, at home, Jets, at Ravens, at Panthers. And team four, at Bengals, at home, Bills, and at Buccaneers. Oof. That's give me, give me the, right thir- <laughs> the, third, the third option. The third one again? With, with the Jets and the... Jets, who's... at Ravens, at Panthers. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking that, that on paper versus the others, I think, is the easiest. So that would be the Broncos, I believe. That is the Broncos. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. interesting. Okay, those, those three games mm. are kind of the make or break is what Arcadio is trying to say. Yeah. Uh, what was the first one, though? It was Cleveland, Atlanta, and what was the other team? And Miami. So that's what the Raiders See, have. And Cleveland, the have. Cleveland is before Deshaun Watson comes back. Yeah, so to me, that was the easiest one. And then the mm-hmm. fourth is I agree. That's very clearly the hardest one. But yeah. um, I think it was no, one. The Chiefs have the most difficult schedule in the history of football this year. Yeah. They they, they play the Jaguars, and that's uh, kind of their one their one not terrible game this year. Yeah, I think as far as ease to hardest, I think it's one, three, two, four. Yeah, that can definitely play a factor. But there are, the Chiefs are also still at the level that I'm not necessarily going to pick against them in some games. Against Buffalo, yes. Other games, I still think I still can see them conceivably winning any of those games. Even mm-hmm. Buffalo, I can still see them winning. They can. That's just a tough game. I mean, that's oh, I now. Know. Now it's like a it's a thing with Mahomes and Allen. Um, yeah. Like, oh, can't wait. They're gonna can't they're gonna wait. make that can't game wait. happen every year, one way or the other. Yeah. Cannot wait. I mentioned yeah. this to Nick on the the stream last week, but I think the Raiders at Saints at Steelers and against the Patriots is easier than it sounds because it the is. Steelers, the Steelers, obviously they're who's their quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And the Patriots. All the offseason moves that they've made and then looking at how they looked in the preseason and everything, I, I don't think the Patriots are going to be very good this year. Do the Patriots have wide receivers? Not that I can name. Not really. uh, Do they have anyone that can throw to them J- very well? Jacoby Myers, I think. <laughs> it's very eh. And it's, it's funny, not Arcadio, even like on, tight the, ends. on that recap, Arcadio, you said the Patriots were going to be a contender pretty soon. No. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think losing Josh I McDaniels... Think... Might yeah. might be the the straw that breaks their backs. I think they will kind of be similar to they were to them like last year. I don't, I don't think there's going to be a drastic improvement or they're going to fall off or anything. I yeah, think they're going to be around you. that ten and seven, nine and eight mark, depending on you know, and it'll just depend on how the rest of that division goes. If that means yeah. they win or if they're a wild card or what. But yeah, I don't that's know. Kind of what I expect. It's just like the vibes from the training camp and all that, and like seeing what I saw on the field during the preseason, like ah, uh, just bad vibes from that team. It's also how they respond to the playoff embarrassment as well. Yeah, that's weighing on them, I'm sure. Here's the uh, the wide receiving core for the New England Patriots. You have Devontae Parker from Miami, Nelson Aguilar from the Eagles. So I think where he played last. Uh, Kendrick like Bourne Aguilar. from the 49ers. Kendrick Bourne and and uh, Jacoby Myers. That's your those are your like Q, uh, wide receiver one through four right there. So, that's a who's yeah. who of who to me. But they have they also use their tight ends a decent amount and I yeah. like and they have Hunter, Hunter Henry, Henry and, and, John and Johnny Henry. Smith who are both good pass catching tight ends. Like yeah. I think they the Patriots hardly ever have star receivers and I mean I know they don't have McDaniels now but I, I like I look at that and be like that that's a Patriots roster. You yep. know, <laughs> so I'm not shocked by that. I, I think they'll be okay. Tom Brady would have brought that team to 11 and five in an AFC title appearance. <laughs> exactly. So it all depends on Mac Jones and 
and his, you know, improvement or what from a rookie, but he had a very good rookie year. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think his ceiling is super high, but he can be a very serviceable quarterback. Yeah. Serviceable is what the word I would use for him, at least at this, yeah. at this point in time. Also, I think the Saints are going to be better than people are expecting. Like, I don't yeah. think that. Same here. Um, mentioned that before. Yeah. I, uh, I do not trust I don't think that Dennis Allen as a coach. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we've seen uh, Dennis Allen in in Oakland was was not a good time. That was, I was not gonna a say he was time. a Raiders coach at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he like was not reason, good. You know that he was not good. Um, but there's a lot of talent on that roster. I mean, I think more yeah. talent than there was when he was coaching the Raiders. And Michael Thomas is going to come back. Um, they have. I have no faith in him ever again. Have, honestly, yeah. Uh, the the question really is 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 uh, is Jameis going to be good or is Jameis going to go thirty and thirty again? So we'll see. But they have, I, a lot, I like, they have Olave, right? They drafted a lot. Yeah, yeah, they they have Chris Olave. Yeah, yeah. Just Michael Thomas so and Chris Olave. A couple of Ohio State receivers, so I can't root for them. Keep in mind, Sean Payton's not calling the plays for them. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I mean, I I can I can see the argument though if you say that the Patriots are going to fall off and the uh, and the Saints aren't really there, then I don't remember the third opponent, but uh, those two were the sort of the things that would make those that group of three easier so yeah anyway afc west is a bloodbath no matter what yep i think it might come down to those three games katie i mentioned which you know in that case i'm not looking forward to but again i still have confidence in the chiefs in pretty much any of those games well not confidence necessarily but i can buy them winning any single game this season which i can't say for the other teams in certain situations but uh moving on actually let's go to the nfc west real quick we'll jump back and forth here so I still have the Rams. Again, they're mm-hmm. mostly unchanged from last year. So I don't see that being too difficult for them not to totally run it back. But I feel like division champion, I still think, is definitely in the realm of possibility for them. Especially because the Niners in particular are still a bit of a question mark. Yeah, I have the Rams as well. Mm. Yeah, um, me too. Same, so. same same like sort of logic applies to the Rams. Yeah. Uh, haven't gotten worse on paper, at least not significantly. And no, they lost Von uh, Miller, still, but that was kind of it. I still think that uh, Sean McVay, like he's Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan can go toe to toe, but they are both really good at coaching their team. So yeah, it's gonna be uh, interesting. We'll see how they do in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Arcadu, who do you have? I guess I'm the lone wolf. I've got the Cardinals. Okay, the Cardinals, eh? Yeah, just because. I don't think the Rams are going to be quite as good as they were last year because, like you mentioned, like they lost Vaughn Miller, right? So their pass rush is going to be a little worse. And there's been talk about Matthew Stafford's elbow. And who knows if that'll, if that's like a a ticking time bomb. Of course you do. And their receiving core, they kind of like remade on the fly a little bit. I think, did they, did they lose Van Jefferson for the year? Uh, I don't know if they've lost him for the year, but they, I was going to say they lost Robert Woods, but they gained Allen Robinson, which I think is a, yep, right. a win for them. I think Allen Robinson yeah. is much more in his kind of a little bit more in his prime still. And I think he's a better receiver. Yeah. He'll so be a great two. It's just, yeah. I don't know who their third option is at this point. And whereas last year they just had an abundance of riches, like with Otto Beckham Jr. And yeah, is he back this year at some point? He's not signed yet. It doesn't oh, okay. sound like he's going to be back. He's probably going to sign at some point during the season once he, he's recovered from the ACL, but he's still he's still uh, um, recovering from that. So yeah, I figured I, he I, wouldn't I be available for week one. I just hadn't heard yeah. anything really. As far as the yeah, I have the Rams as well, like I said. But 
Stafford, that elbow thing, I think is going to be nothing. He has had similar things in the past um, with it because he kind of slings the ball like a pitcher. Like, he, you know, he mm-hmm. he he doesn't – he changes his, his arm, arm angle constantly. So unless it has gotten dramatically worse from when it was here, I mean, I think it's just something that he needs to rest um, between weeks and stuff and, like, not go as hard in training camp and he'll be just fine. But maybe over his career, like, eventually. But I think this year is probably fine. Yeah, like, I don't think it's going to be, like, drastic or anything. I just think, you know, something to keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. Stafford battles through injuries, like, every single year He with, like, broken ribs and stuff. So I'm not too worried about that unless he tries to play through something where he literally can't throw, which he has mm-hmm. tried to do before, and it's brutal. I'm not that worried about the elbow at, at this point. So, guess stay in the a- uh, sorry, NFC. Uh, let's go to the NFC North. I don't think anything's changed here, folks. No. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I think we all have the Packers. I think that was easy. Um uh, the Bears might the Bears might be a little better this year, I think. Than no, they the were. Bears are gonna be bad, I think. Oh, you think bad? Their roster, other than Fields maybe improving, is one of the worst in the league. It's brutal. Yeah, you want to talk a, about a who's who of who of receiving cores? Look, try, well, now, try hold to on, name a hold Bears on. receiver. Darnell Byron Mooney. Pringle. They got He's, Byron Pringle in the offseason. Yeah. They're, they're, they have one good receiver, and that's Darnell Mooney, and he's going to be yeah. their number one, and he'll be good. But their roster is brutal. Like You sent that graphic, I think, before, Nick, that showed the Bears going like 3-14. and 14. Yeah, that was the I prediction. Don't, I don't think that they're going to go 3-14, and 14, but I think they're going to be pretty bad. How bad were they last year? What was their record? Uh, I, I want to say 7-10, and 10, something no, like that. No, I think they were worse than that. Really? If they were seven and ten, then okay, I don't think they'll be better than that. Actually, they were but. six and eleven. Yeah. Okay. I, I get. I see them basically going on par with that. Maybe, maybe one win more or less. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm thinking like five and twelve, six and eleven ish. Yeah. Okay. Five five wins is about where I put them. Okay. Yeah, Vikings. I think are going to be about the same as they were. They'll be maybe a contender for a wild card spot, but I don't see yeah. them being anything beyond that. They did get a new coach and everything. True. So the Lions are the Lions, as we talked about, and the Packers yeah. are the Packers, as we talked about. Packers are going to be the regular season champions every year. Mm-hmm. And then it gets interesting after that. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, even, so even losing Devontae Adams, you don't think that moves the needle like maybe just a little bit? Not in that division. There's no, no. one contending for that. Okay. I'm just like, the, the, yeah, yeah. The Vi- in the conference, the... like I wouldn't have them taking the conference anyway. Yeah. So. Like the Vikings are the closest other team, and I don't think they're a complete enough team, and I don't think Cousins is a clutch enough quarterback to get them over the top for the division. Like they they can be like Nick said, a, like a wild card team, and that's yeah. that's where I have them. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes with the Packers, just because like they uh, like we talked about on the on the recap last year that they seem to be recommitting to Rodgers and building around him. And you said, like, I think, Bobby, you said they were ready to spend big money for people around Rodgers, and uh, instead they got rid of his best receiver, and they didn't really do much else. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they'll be as good. I think they'll lose a win or two maybe this year, but, like, it'll still be enough to win that division. Maybe get the one seed, but I don't know about that. Yeah, we'll see. I I don't know the rest of their schedule. So Yeah, they'll have a first-place schedule, but, yeah. I don't know which which other division they play this year in the AFC or the NFC. I mean, first place schedule in the NFC is like not even that impressive to me, but that's true. Yeah. The NFC, the NFC is kind of, kind of iffy in general, uh, back to the AFC. We'll do the AFC North. Now it depends on if Lamar is healthy in terms of whether things are interesting, but I'm still going with the Bengals here. 
I you mentioned Lamar. I have the Ravens. Yeah, again, if he's healthy the whole year, um, and if he shows signs of improvement, if the team around him shows some signs of improvement, I could see them. I have them as a wild card team. Uh, I could see them taking the division potentially, but I still think the Bengals uh, are gonna are gonna take it overall. Yeah, people forget that the Ravens had like a lot of injuries last year. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they would have been a, like, a playoff team in some capacity. They had like five running back injuries, and their whole team is running. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I, I was, I was really close between them. I, I ended up going with the Bengals because I kind of trust what they're building and what they did last yep. year in Burrow. But I mean, that could go either way. Like Nick said, I have the Ravens as the wild card, but I, I had it the opposite way at first and switched it. That should be close. Yeah, I don't think the other two teams will sniff it, especially with Deshaun out for most of the season. Yeah. Jay? Yeah, I got the Ravens. I got the Ravens winning the division. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah, this is interesting because, again, I think all of us can see it going either way. So that division will be kind of fun. Uh, well, half that division will be kind of fun. The other half we don't want to talk about at all. Moving on to the NFC again. Uh, or sorry, we'll stay in the AFC. The AFC South. I have the Colts this year. I also have the Colts. Interesting. I also have the Colts. <laughs> yeah, I think the Titans started falling off near the end of last year, and I think that's going to continue. Yeah. Yeah. I think Derrick Henry is going to be slowed down, and I don't think Tannehill and the core he has is good enough. Losing A.J. Brown really shortens the field for them, too. That, too. Yeah, yeah they drafted their, defense Bur- is, their defense has always been suspect, too. Yeah, they got Robert Woods, and they drafted Burks, but I don't think that's going to make up for Brown. Yeah, I think they might sneak in. I don't know if I actually picked him as a wildcard team. I can still see them being a wildcard team, but... I still think overall, and it's not a particularly strong division, but I can, I think I, I have the Colts here in a fairly weak division winning record. I can see like nine and eight or 10 and seven winning this. Uh, the AFC South, I have the Colts winning. Um, there we go. Yeah. Sorry. Who the hell's the fourth team? It's the, the Jaguars. And then who's the last one? The Texans. The Texans. The Don't Texans. blame me for yeah, getting that. Davis Mills. No Davis Mills hype. Uh, no, not Mills. winning the division, not winning the division hype. No. <laughs> His parents are. Yeah, his his parents know like my parents. Mm, Mills. He's from General he's from Mills, really? The area. Yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> okay, so that was the AFC South. NFC South. I'm not gonna pick against Tom Brady while he's still playing. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, I got Tampa yeah. Tom. Yeah. Yep. Tampa yeah, especially because every other team in that division They're is a question all... mark. Exactly. Well, one of them's not a question mark. The Falcons will not be good. I don't see that I don't see that happening. The other two I could see going sort of either way. The Saints we talked about might be good. But I still think, at the very least, the Bucks have the division. I think the next closest team for me would probably be the Panthers, I guess, because of Christian McCaffrey. But even still, I, I don't, I don't again, I don't trust close. him to be healthy at uh, this point. That, it's, that's fair, but like, I get, I, I've I've made a whole thing about like what I think about the whole injury prone label. Like, I feel like you're injury prone until you're not, basically. Yeah. It's, it gets to the point, especially as a fantasy person, where I'm like, if a guy's coming off of two big injuries, I'm not going to pick him just on principle. It's like once once the player's healthy, like everybody just forgets that they're injury prone, you know. So I yeah. I I feel like it's it's not really fair to to say, oh, this player just gets injured way too much, and I can't trust. Like you just never know. Injuries happen to yeah. everybody. You're right about this, oh, yeah. but my brain's not my brain's not going to admit that you're right about this until it actually happens like that. I'm still going to worry that he's injury prone. That's just how my brain's going to work. But yeah, I still think it's the Bucks to lose at this point, and I think they'll fall off a little bit from what they were even last year. But I still think they'll win the division somewhat easily. Yeah, I, I think they're definitely the most complete team by far in that division. Yeah. It's kind of like the Packers in the in the North. It's like even if they've lost something, they're still 
better than everyone else in the division by a pretty good margin. Just as, as long as their offensive line stops getting hurt. That's yeah, that's, that's true. A big factor for for an older quarterback who might be yeah. a bit more fragile. I yeah. mean, yeah, who knows? So I remember we talked about the coaching changes they had. They have Todd Bowles as their head coach now. Did they get a new coordinator or is he running both? Or is he, is he they, head coach and they, coordinator? I think they got a coordinator and I don't know who it is. We need Cody. Yeah. Is I think Yeah, we need Cody here. Yeah. Is Leftwich in Jacksonville now? As the I was gonna ask about Leftwich. Uh he I think he's still in Tampa, question mark. Yeah, I, d- I don't think he left. I don't think he did either. Yeah, he's, it says he's still their coordinator. Coordinator for, yeah. yep, okay. Because he, um, the talk was he would go to Jacksonville and then it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, so there's some continuity there. Yeah, there's still continuity on offense. I mean, even if there's a new coordinator, the philosophy of the Bucks is still going to be the same as far as the defense goes with Todd Bowles as their head coach. So, Again, I still think on paper they're the, they're the team to beat, at least as far as that division goes. So uh, moving on to the last two divisions that we've got, we'll stay in the NFC. For the NFC East, I who did I pick for this? Let me let me double check, because I think I had the Cowboys written down, but I might be thinking the Eagles now that I think about it a little more. But I, I still think Eagles. it's between those two teams. I got the well, Eagles. Yeah, I have the Eagles as well. Yeah, never have any faith in the Cowboys. Sometimes they have really good regular seasons, but yeah. I never I never have faith in them to do anything. Especially, especially not with the play along that they showed in the last game. Um, uh, Mike McCarthy bad. That's that's really it's, it's not yeah. like it's not like we had any sign of this before he got hired at that job. Right. No. I just love that he lied about being like all into analytics, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then just wasn't. Yeah, and then he called a fucking quarterback draw with no timeouts. Yeah. <laughs> mm, that was the one of the really most glorious that. moments yeah. of my of my playoff. Oh, for you, yeah, 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 for so sure. So much yeah. fun. <laughs> oh god. Um, uh, it kind of comes down to how Hertz does in that, but they have such, yeah. they do have a pretty complete team um, outside of him, and he can still run the ball and move the offense. So uh, he has weapons. If he can put it together as a passer, then they're they're definitely going to win that division. AJ yeah, Brown think, can only make him better. Yeah, yeah. I think they remain the weakest division in the league, though, for sure. Oh, definitely. Like, I don't. Yeah, yeah. That, ten that, and seven that can win that. T- ten and seven can win that division. Eight and nine could win that division, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's like because that's like Seattle, be that but yeah, back in I, whatever. No, I year, still, but... I still think every team in the division, could, like every other team in the division, could easily be below that. The other two, I think, are going to be well below that. I haven't seen any sign that the Giants or the uh, uh, Commanders are going to be significantly better than they were. Again, I forgot their name again. They're the Commanders now. I still have to get used to that. Giant, so yeah, that's added, the NFC East. Giants added Brian Dable. I don't think that's going to make him good. It, it could make them more competitive. More competitive, sure. Competitive overall? No. Danny Dimes and Kadarius Tony. That's uh, going to be a dynamic duo. Just, just you wait. And the injury-prone Saquon Barkley. Saquon's still on that team. Is he? I yeah, think he is. He is. Yep. I said that again. Justin of Arcadio. Yeah, he's another player that I will never draft in fantasy at this point. <laughs> yeah. So that's the NFC East. Not, not a lot to say. Uh, last division we're going to is the AFC East, which I think we've already talked about our feelings on. The only two teams that really have a chance in that division. I still think it's Buffalo easily. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's Buffalo by a mile. Yeah. The Dolphins might be okay. Uh, the Patriots, in theory, should be okay. They should be about what they were. The Jets are the Jets. And they lost their they lost their starting quarterback, so that's not a good sign either. So, I mean... Didn't they lose... They, wait, no, wait, they didn't lose him, actually. They, thought, no, they feared they would. They he, thought they did, and he's only out for a couple weeks A couple weeks at most, right. I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I... I misremembered the ending of that story. I think because Jay mentioned it earlier, I thought, oh, yeah, he's out for the season. That's right. Um, yeah, they do have Zach Wilson. 
that doesn't mean they're going to be remotely competitive in the division still. But yeah, that's the AFC East again. I think it's Buffalo's to lose. So yeah, want to move on to wild card teams. I think we'll just mention the three that we have. I don't know about specific seeding. But yeah, I, I didn't go by seeding wise. I just picked yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my wild card teams, I've got Denver, Chargers, and Ravens. Wait, the Raiders aren't making the playoffs? Not to me. I think the Ravens are going to make it, and I think the Broncos are going to be a little better than the Raiders. Wild. Card. And no other, no one else in the other three divisions is going to sniff a wild card. Maybe the Patriots and maybe the Titans, but that's it. I'm not totally confident in it, but that's at least what my thinking is at this point in time. Okay. I have a I have a similar playoff outlook. I have the Raiders, Chiefs, and Bengals. So I don't think the hmm. I think it's the same like situation. I think there's that toss up between uh, the Bengals and the Ravens, and then it's basically the other two teams that you think are going to come out of the AFC West. And I think yeah. everyone else is yeah. not really going to matter. Yep, that would be the strongest wild card group of all time. Those are Those my three. three wild card picks. Interesting. Raiders, Chiefs, Bengals. And mine, because I I have the Bengals winning that division, I have uh, Raiders, Chiefs, Ravens. So we're all in the same ballpark with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so NFC, let me see. I have the Cardinals, the Niners, and the Vikings. That's who I I had. I swapped the Cowboys out for the Eagles as division winner, but I would still not put the Cowboys in wild card. I have something similar, but I do have the Cowboys in the wild card. I have the Niners, Vikings, and Cowboys. Okay. You had the Cardinals winning the division, though, didn't you? No, I have uh, the Rams winning the division. Oh, Arcadio who had the Cardinals? the Cardinals? I'm sorry. Arcadio did. Okay. I had the Cardinals. So I, for my wild card, I have the Rams, the Vikings, and the Cowboys. Okay. Okay. And yeah, again, we're kind of circling around the same teams, but I have the Car- Cardinals, Cowboys, Vikings. Are my three. Okay. Yeah. I. Interesting. We're all pretty much on the same page on like all the playoff teams, just shake yeah, out a little differently just who wins the divisions yeah but we pretty much have all the same ideas for teams in the playoffs i wait arcadio do you have the raiders making the playoffs yeah i have the raiders chiefs Bengals, just like you oh okay okay good if we had significant production and this was a video show we would have a graphic meme with all this but we're not like that <laughs> folks uh okay so we'll move on your predictions of what the super bowl matchup and ultimate victor will be uh, I have the Bills versus the Eagles. My NFC pick is a little like uh, of a crapshoot. I think um, I could see any really um, any of the teams that I mentioned that were making the NFC playoffs outside of the Vikings and the Cowboys making it to the end. Um, but uh, I'm just gonna ride the Hurts train all the way. Uh, and then on <laughs> the other side, got uh, got the Bills. So I think the okay. Bills will be the best team in the AFC, and then will make their way to a first super bowl victory victory yeah i would hope you'd have them beaten the eagles in the super bowl uh arcadio go ahead um so what i have written out is bills over it doesn't matter yeah yep that's that seems about right because i literally don't think any team in the nfc is going to stand up to the best teams in the afc that's just what i feel but if i had to pick one from the nfc i'd probably <laughs> it really is a crapshoot but I'm just going to say the Cowboys just to be spicy. Spicy, okay. I just think they make a run, maybe. I don't know. Great analysis. Well, okay. Yes, yeah, excellent analysis. We are all great at this. So, I, it's funny that what you said about any one team in the NFC, like, or about you don't see anybody in the NFC beating an AFC counterpart in the Super Bowl. I feel like this gets said all the time. The AFC always wins the Super Bowl. It's funny how that works. This past year, I think the Rams were the favorites and, and everything like that. But I feel like that happens a lot where the NFC team should clearly lose the Super Bowl 
and then they just come out and win it. I don't expect that to happen. I have the Bills over the Bucks in the Super Bowl because, once again, I'm not going to pick against Tom Brady except when he's against Josh Allen in the Super Bowl. And gets the Bills here, finally. Um, so I also have the Bills winning it. Um, mm-hmm. I was a little back and forth on who in the NFC I was going to have go. Um, but I'm going to say that uh, the Packers make it and lose. That would be funny. I can see that. Yeah. It would still be it would be funniest if they lost in the NFC title game again. It would, that again, would still be funny. But, yeah. So so we really all have the Bills winning. Yeah. Oh, that, ma- that makes me want to change my pick. For the yeah, I mean, there's they should there's no reason to pick against them at this point in time, other than you just want to be a contrarian. Yeah. Well, they're just they're, they're just really good. I, I can't I can't I can't pick against them. Yeah, they were the most dominant team in the like in the league in the home stretch last year, and they destroyed the Patriots in the playoffs. And that game they had against the Chiefs, they probably should have won in all rights. Like that was a perfect game by both sides, pretty much. Like they deserve to win that game and win the Super Bowl. I feel like they would have won the Super Bowl if they got past the Chiefs that game. And I feel like they're only better now. So I'm not picking against them at this particular moment. Yeah, it's it's hard to pick against them. Obviously, things will change once we once we actually see teams play. If they look as dominant as we think they will be, then you know we may have the same prediction till the end. Um, I'm sure we'll do mid season or whatever predictions based on you know how how teams are looking. But the Bills right now look like the best team. Yeah, yeah. So we are all in agreement on that. And folks, we did not communicate any of this beforehand. We had no idea this no. is how it was going to shake out. But that's just how it looks right now. So. That's what we're thinking in terms of how the teams are going to do this year. We have a couple ideas for uh, individual awards. Let's see. What did I write down? Uh, Jay wrote down a bunch in our Google Doc here for different awards that we expect people to win, uh, including the Rookie of the Years, which I have no idea about because I don't really follow the drafts as closely. I like all those names don't stick with me. So I don't really have a good pick as far as those go. If you guys want to discuss those a little bit, you can. Uh, Sure. Yeah. So for... Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, we talked about this before the show, but there was a lot of good rookie receivers in the draft, so it's tempting to go in that direction. Historically, the Rookie of the Year has been given to rookie quarterbacks a lot, and while there weren't a Mm -hmm. lot of rookie quarterbacks that are going to be starting this year, I think for the Steelers, I think Kenny Pickett ends (laughs) up winning that job, and I think he's going to impress a lot of people. Interesting. Yep, and uh, we I was kind of the first, I like hinted at that, and Arcadia was like, yeah, I think we're on the same page, and we are. That that was my thought process exactly. Um, I think Kenny Pickett beats out Trubisky at some point in the season, yes, and I'd say probably in within the first five or six games. Um, and if he's the only rookie quarterback to play, and the Steelers are you know anywhere decent, and he plays well, he's going to win that MVP. I, I think they don't even have to be decent. I think even even if they go like 6-11 and 11 or 7-10, and 10, if he just yeah. plays decent, then yeah. he's going to win the Rookie of the Year. The other one I thought of choosing, um, but the only reason I didn't is because of the a little bit more of established quarterback in front of him in, in Tannehill, and that's uh, Malik, Malik Willis, because he has a lot of raw talent, and he's kind of lit up the preseason with his running and some of his, um, at least some of his throws. Uh, so if, if, uh, he either beats him out or, um, there's an injury or something like I could see him winning it just cause he's exciting. But I think the best chance of a rookie quarterback starting the most games is Kenny Pickett. Jay, what about you? Do you have anybody? Uh, for rookies? Uh, I got, I got nothing for rookies. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> the, the rookies will be rookies. Uh, I don't, yeah. there wasn't, I mean, there was no like 
super big standouts this year. Um, and unfortunately, this is not the NBA where you can have a rookie win in not their rookie year. Otherwise, it would have went with Trey Lance. But, you know, that doesn't mm-hmm. really count. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so that's the rookies. We'll go to defensive player of the year. And uh, because I'm a fantasy player and I don't follow every team religiously, I know offensive players way better than I know defensive players. So by default, I'm just going to pick Aaron Donald here. Oh, wait, are we going just defensive player of the year, not rookie of the year? Oh, I forgot about rookie. You didn't didn't let Bobby flex. Yeah, Yeah, Bobby, pick Aiden Hutchinson. (laughs) Yeah, I I literally wrote down, got to give my Lions something going with (laughs) Aiden Hutchinson. So... Yeah, um, that's definitely where I'm going with it. I mean, he Same. he looks good in camp and in preseason, so I, I hope he does well. Yeah, that's that's the chalk pick, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's if I were to make a pick, that's who it would be. Yeah, I'll pick. Uh, what's hold on? Let me, let me find it. I do my research, folks. Let me find. Uh, no, whoever the or Chiefs got, Jackson. Trent Trent oh. McDuffie or whatever his name is, the the cornerback that they traded up to draft. I'm gonna, Trent McDuffie. That's his name. Let's yeah, go with him. It's not going to be a corner, but that's fine. It's not going to be a corner. <laughs> no, but I'm going to be a homer, too. I'm going to be a homer. Because I don't know any of these people. I saw Aiden Hutchinson was number two overall, and I'm like, well, Bobby's going to pick Tra- him for that. You pick Trayvon sure. Walker. I have, a, I have my homer pick. My homer Go pick ahead. is for defensive player of the year. I got Nick Bosa. Oh, for player of the year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to pick against Aaron Donald because I don't really know what the competition is. I guess it's like TJ Watt, I guess, and, I... Nick Bo- and the Bosas and... I wrote down Aaron Donald or TJ Watt. I'll go with Aaron yeah. Donald. <laughs> yeah. Did TJ win it last year? I think he did. Um, good question. Yes, he did. I believe he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Donald's won it a bunch, but I think TJ got last year. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Uh, Jay said Nick Bosa. I'm saying Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa, yeah. Because I think I see that happening. adding Khalil Mack to the other side, going to free up Bosa even more. Like, mm-hmm. uh, It's good. It's going to be tough to stop, tough to defend. Yeah. I agree with you. So last uh, last player of the year pick before MVP is offensive player of the year. And I believe this went to Cooper Cup last year. Am I right? Yes, it did. Yeah. Okay. I don't see that repeating. I see the number one player in fantasy right now, Jonathan Taylor, sure. taking this. I also have Jonathan Taylor. Jay also has Jonathan Taylor. Okay. I thought about it. He's the default. I don't like going with the default. Yeah, no, it's a good pick. But, like, I, I can definitely see it happening. Um, but I think... Like I kind of mentioned earlier, I think Lamar Jackson's going to put it back together this year and really carry that team on his back. Have they ever given it to a quarterback? Like, I assume you have to be a quarterback that runs to have any chance at it. It's usually like when when they give it to a quarterback, it's usually like the runner up for MVP. Because I feel like this always goes to other position players because MVP is always the quarterback. It tends Mm -hmm. to because of that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had two names down, and I was going to decide as we got here. Um, one of them was Jonathan Taylor, and because two of you chose him, I'm going to go with my second pick, which is Justin Jefferson. I think okay. he's going to have a big I thought about him, year. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he would have been two or three on, on my consideration. So lastly, wonderful all being agreement on the MVP, uh, Josh Allen, folks. Yep. Josh Allen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. We have them oh, winning the Super no. Bowl, so... <laughs> Well, I mean, oh, it might man. be Rodgers is a good default to go with. Rodgers is a great regular season yeah. player. Yeah, but Rodgers won, won it last, last year. year. Yeah, but he also won it the year before. He's not going to win it without Devontae. He's not winning. He's going to win it a third a time. Maybe. I don't I don't know. Peyton Manning, didn't Peyton Manning get three in a row at some point? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, just don't I think want he Rogers has like four it. or five total. Yeah, he's Wait, probably, he probably had Rogers three in a row. Rodgers has the same. Yeah. Wait, Bobby, do you have Rodgers or Allen? Oh, I have Allen. I said we'll I have Allen. I was just thinking oh, about who okay. else could possibly get it. I mean, Mahomes is always a threat, even though he only has the one that he actually won. 
uh, I could still, you know, especially if he does really well without Tyreek and the team does really well without, Ty- without Tyreek, I could still see that happening. But yeah, Josh Allen's hard to pick against, and the Bills as a whole are just hard to pick against, which is the moral of the story that we've come up with so far. Bills good. Bills, Bills good. good. Yeah. Bills very good. Can't wait for Josh Allen to get injured week one and then Bills bad. Yep. <laughs> We're gonna Don't say that. He's my fantasy quarterback. Not mine. Ha ha. All right. Speaking yeah. of which, that's a great segue we got there, Jay. Thank you so much for that. Real quick, though. Uh, you going to throw any names out there for coach of the year? Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. More, I mean, more Bills. Yeah. Bills, more, more Bills. bills. I, when I think of coach of the year, I think of more like a coach that took a, a bad team and make them made them semi-decent, semi-competitive. Or at, at least, and I don't know. Mm. I'm just throwing Brian Dable out Dick. there. Like I, I mentioned it earlier, <laughs> but I think I think the Giants might go like eight and nine in that crappy division and just like show like improvement. I think that's enough to give Brian Dable the coach of the year. Yeah, I'm gonna be on Bobby's side. I'm gonna take Dan Campbell here. I could see them improving yeah. enough to for them to win that. I win I that, would I, uh, I would love that. So I didn't write anyone down for that. I, I think oh, I, yeah. I had a few names. Um, that I were I was going through and just ended up not writing anything down. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Dan Campbell just because I hope that happens. They should really give it to Andy Reid. You know, he he's he's yeah. he's always faced so much adversity as a coach. You know? Oh, I know, his teams his teams are always disappointing, and then he 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 comes mm-hmm. back with a great team. You know, that's always what Andy Reid does in, with Kansas City. So it's gonna be a great feel good story for him to win Coach of the Year. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> and they'll yeah, so, show his uh his pass punt kick thing or whatever he did. Oh, that and fucking highlight. Like oh, my God. They show it every week. Yeah. Every week. I think it's always CBS that does it. Always. Yeah. It's only CBS. But yeah, that's another thing we can talk about real quick before we move on to the last topic. All the announcer teams got shifted. Yeah. It's going to be kind of a strange new year in terms of audio for all these games because NBC is different. Fox is different. ESPN is different. Mm-hmm. CBS is mostly the same, uh, at least in terms of the big team. But yeah, that's going to be kind of weird. Thursday night's going to be streaming on Twitch and, and Prime. Yeah. Yep, Prime, so yeah, that's true. That's going to be, uh, I think we will see how it goes. I'm sure that that will be one of our like uh, pretty recurring topics on how we think the broadcasts are doing as the yeah. season progresses and as they mm-hmm. get more and more time to gel with each other. Although a lot yeah. of the teams have stayed the same, just changed where they're broadcasting from. Yeah, Arcadia yeah. and I talked about this on that Twitch stream last week kind of extensively, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm actually excited to watch Monday Night Football now, which I can't say I've been for the yeah. last... For those guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that, that's one of my favorite broadcasts. It's broadcast better, than, it's better than anything else we've had lately. Oh, it's better than what oh, yeah. Monday Night Football's had for the last five years. Yeah, especially sure. taking since that Mike into account, left, like, definitely. The last six, seven, whatever years, ever since Tariko and uh, He Who Must Not Be Named... Uh, stop calling mm-hmm, yeah. Monday Night Football together. I just haven't really been excited for it. Same. Yeah. I never watched any of the Peyton and Eli casts that they did last year. Those were okay. The, one thing. the, the I, Peyton they, and Eli's are fun. They're, they're fun, fun, but it's not like watching a game. Like, yeah. you are you can't get fully invested, so it's better when there are two bad teams. Yeah. Like, or it's a game that I'm not interested in because then I'll be like watching the interviews and them just like messing around with each other, but it's yeah. hard to pay attention when they're just kind of having a conversation throughout the game. Plus, yeah. uh, Peyton, yeah. Peyton like said 6-11 and 11 after the Raiders' first pass on uh, Monday Night Football, the first game of the year, so mm-hmm. take that, Peyton. Arcadio says, fuck you, Peyton. I'm not bitter. Yeah. Not bitter. Sure. Yeah, none of us are ever bitter. No. Nope. Um, okay, so, yeah, we can move on. Last topic that we want to talk about, uh, which Arcadio and I can talk about a bit more extensively at this point in time, is the thing that we've talked about already a lot, which is fantasy football. So we are all, as we discussed doing in that recap episode last year, 
we are all the four of us and then an additional eight others in the discord server that we all share are in a fantasy league that's going to be a paid league this year not crazy i think it's a 20 dollars buy-in that we agreed on yep. uh but yeah we're gonna be having our draft as of recording next wednesday night which is the night before the uh season begins uh so won't have much time to actually you know make any plans beyond the guys that we draft but also that means we won't have any won't have to worry about accounting for any injuries that might happen between the draft and the season luckily so that's going to be fun uh we'll probably be in a voice chat at least some of us for for that which is going to be a fun time but before that arcadio and i uh you and i both had fancy drafts right right yeah you actually went to friends and did a fun fancy draft Mm -hmm. uh tell us about that whole experience how your team turned out. Yeah, no, this is a league I've been in since high school. This was like the very first fantasy league I was ever in. And we have like a trophy that we add names to the plaques like every single year. And so the trophy just changes hands throughout the years. I got the most names on the trophy for like, I think I have three. And uh, yeah, we all met up at uh, the one of the brew spots. And yeah, we, we had like the, the whole draft board and everything. We had pizza. It was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. It's cool seeing those guys every year. Got to see uh, my college roommate who used to be in the league, and but I haven't really talked to you since college. And yeah, it was pretty cool seeing him. So we have we have like a full PPR and we have one keeper. And I I drafted Jonathan Taylor in the fifth round his rookie year. So this year I was able to keep him for a fourth rounder. So that was a pretty good start. Yeah, I got uh, Chubb in the second round. So that's like a nice little one-two punch. Uh, my first round pick, since the the way the board fell, like there's so many with the keepers, there's so many uh, like first round type players off the board already. So the way the board fell, of course, I took I went with the homer pick and I took Devontae Adams. Yeah. So that's my number one receiver. It's still a good first round pick. Still, still pretty good, I say. Yeah. I ended up with Kyle Pitts. I I honestly wasn't planning on drafting Kyle Pitts. I do like drafting tight ends early. Like if he could, if it's like one of the top, like three guys, like mm-hmm. I, I don't have a problem with drafting a tight end early. Cause I, I think you just get so much positional advantage. And I honestly just wasn't really planning on drafting Pitts Cause I didn't, didn't think he'd make it to me in the third round, but he did. So I just, I took, took what was there. Bold move. Giving us some draft strategy before yeah, you're our welcome. actual draft. You're all yeah. welcome. It's free advice. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing no, this for I, the people. All right. Doing no, this no, no. People. It's not, not for us just to know what you, what you're going to do. I kind of want to be near you then. This is my I, thought I want, process. I want to spite you, Arcadia. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Or, or, or could I be lying? Um, anyway, mm. <laughs> no, uh, I love taking quarterbacks first round. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that, I <laughs> definitely <laughs> recommend highest positional value. If you're in a super flex league, don't do it. Don't just don't take quarterbacks. Um, no, I, I also ended up with Allen Robinson, um, Lazard, Montgomery was there in the sixth round. So I just took him pretty good depth. Yeah. I, I'm pretty satisfied with my team. And how many players is in this, are in this league? Uh, 10 team. 10 team. That's right. Yeah. So I, that's always something for me. Cause I show off a team and I'm like, Oh, this is an eight person league, which is the league I'm in, which I'll talk about in a second. So I'm like this team looks more stacked than it actually is just because it's an eight person league. And obviously there's fewer players going in the draft ultimately, but yeah, 10 person is kind of a sweet spot in terms of actually strategizing well for a draft. I think the league we're going to do is 12 and I worry about what, what that bench is going to look like. It's going to be an ugly looking bench. I think. Yeah. Especially since be. we have to start a different, another player in the flex too. Yeah. So you gotta, right. you gotta get even deeper. We don't have a kicker. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. I have three leagues, but I have not drafted yet. Uh, two of them are twelve, and one is ten. I definitely prefer a ten-team league, but yeah, twelve is 
it's pushing it a little bit for the benches, but it, it's not as brutal as you would think. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see with ours, though, because of the extra flex spot. Uh, I've yes. never had that with 12. Yeah, I've never been in a league without a kicker, and that's another thing that we're going to be doing, which is interesting. Yeah, so I'll talk about my team a little bit. So the, the league I'm in is an eight-person league. It was a 10-person league, but two guys in the league colluded last year, and they, they got found out for it, so they're both gone. So there's eight players now in this league, which my best friend runs, and I have one other friend and then my best friend's dad in the league, and I don't know the rest of these people. Half the players that I play, I have no idea who they are, but so that's always fun. But it was an eight-person draft. So my first-round pick, who I was third overall, and it's a snake draft, I got Eckler first and then had to wait a while, and then I got mixed in with my second-round pick because there were enough wide receivers taken that I, I wasn't comfortable with any of the ones left at a second-round pick. So... Third round, I took Tyreek Hill, who I'm not super optimistic about. I think he'll definitely be like a good wide receiver, too. But that's my wide receiver one with two as his quarterback, I think is a little weak. But he was the best wide receiver available, and I had to get one at that point. After that, I got DJ Moore. Let's see. Allen Robinson, I got. He's my flex at the moment. Uh, my quarterback, I drafted Lamar because he's always, at, if nothing else, he's always a good fantasy quarterback. Dalton Schultz is my tight end. So that's my starting lineup is Lamar, Tyreek Hill, DJ Moore, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Dalton Schultz, Allen Robinson which is a good uh, group, I think. I got Daniel Carlson as my kicker, and I got the Niners defense as my defense. My bench, I have Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson as extra running backs. Wide receivers, I have Brandon Ayuk and Darnell Mooney. I took Mooney kind of late just because I think he might have a surprisingly good year. Uh, Hunter Henry is my backup tight end, and Russell Wilson is my backup quarterback. So for an eight-person league, again, I can't really tell how impressive it looks. The uh, I sent you guys the draft grade that Yahoo gave me. I think it was a C+. Plus. And it was one of the lower grades that all the people in the draft had. I didn't really go in with any strategy whatsoever. I think before our league, I'm going to do some mock drafts and start doing some more strategizing than I did for this because I'm not overall too happy with it. Like on paper, it's a good team. But I think if I put more thought and effort into it, I could have definitely come up with a better team than I had here. I will be definitely putting more thought into the next league that we do. I drafted a fantasy team as well. Oh, you did? Yeah, I have a league with that league I was talking about with my college friends. Uh, Okay. That has kept going. Uh, it's a 10-person league, uh, and I think I made out really well. I'll run down my roster real quick. Uh, Josh Allen at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor at running back, Leonard Fournette at or running back two, uh, Taylor McLaurin, uh, wide receiver, uh, Cortland Sutton, Mark Andrews, Travis Etienne, uh, the Niners defense, and then Brandon McManus, the Broncos kicker. And then on the bench, I have uh, Amari Cooper, Cordero Patterson, Garrett Wilson on the Jets, uh, Rashad Penny, David Njoku, Kirk Cousins is a backup quarterback, and then Raheem Mostert uh, rounds out my team. So the ESPN projection has me as the highest projected points for at least this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. And I think like of the teams, I have one of the stronger teams. My wide receivers aren't as strong, but I make up for that in Josh Allen and uh, Mark Andrews. So I would have loved to get Andrews. I uh, I think Kelsey got taken second round because A, it's a Kansas City league, and B, he's definitely like in in theory... I, I know people say people think Andrews has come along, but he's been the top fantasy tight end for several years now. And I think at one point when I was talking to you guys maybe a few months back, I said I wouldn't be surprised if Kelsey was a first round take in some fantasy draft just because tight end, like you said, is sort of the main positional advantage you can have if you have a really good one because there's only a small handful of really good ones. Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't think Kelsey's going to be the number one guy this year, but he'll, he'll definitely still be up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone might overtake him, but... Uh, again, the field is not that deep in terms of tight ends that can actually make a huge difference in fantasy, I don't think. You really need just those first couple. The 12-team uh, fantasy thing that we have going 
is going to be really interesting because I think with the additional flex, like you now have a lot of people you can pick from that are going to make the rosters. Like obviously the rosters that are super good up up top will perform well, but there's going to be a lot of rosters which will be sneaky good because they have like a bunch of middle tier guys instead of a bunch of guys at the top and a bunch of guys at the end. Which brings the question, like a question I have about fantasy for, especially for people who have played for a long time. Where do you prefer to pick? Because we haven't decided our order yet. And obviously once the order is decided is what it is. But like, where would you prefer to pick in a fantasy draft? For me, it kind of depends on the year, like the way the order like shakes out and everything. Because certain years, like I'll want to be going at the flex because I feel, or not the flex, the uh, the turn back of the first or early second because I feel like you could get like really two like great guys at a great value at that spot. But then there's other years where I'm like, I don't want to be waiting 20 something, something picks to be able to pick again. So if I had the choice, I think I would always want to have the number one pick just because you have the, the least amount of chance of busting there. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm, I'm fine taking like a middle, middle spot, like five, six, like, especially this year, I've liked, I've liked the way my teams have looked when I've done like the mocks or whatever. So yeah, this year, like middle of the, of the round, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. I think like personally, I think like, it's like, obviously I'd like to have the first or second overall pick. You can get someone who's like super good. The middle picks like three, four, five, six, if you're drafting 10 teams, let's say, aren't as good. Cause on the turn, on like the, on the turn, mm-hmm. like in a strength snap, in a strength draft, you really get screwed especially towards the later rounds because it's like all the quarterbacks start going and then you end up with the last of them or you have to pick quarterback early or you have yeah. to pick tight end early. Yeah. So that makes it tough. Typically, I would say I, depending on the year, it's either I prefer the top or the bottom of the draft, like top yep. two or bottom two. Basically, because exactly yeah, you want those back-to-back-ish picks. Being able to plan two picks at once is massive for me in a draft at least. Like That's like, okay, I, I at least have – I can go positionally on one that I need and maybe this other guy that I just love that's a, um, you know, it's maybe it's a strength right now, but I, I can take him or whatever. But I like having the back-to-back pick so that there's not as many in between that it's more of a question each time. So um, top two, bottom two is where I like to be. Yep, I was going to say the exact same thing. Anything else you want to talk about in this preview episode? I'm just excited for football. Yep. Yeah. Me too. I, I think next week is when I'm really going to be feeling it because I still don't, feel it totally yet but next week mm-hmm. uh when i start seeing everybody starting to tweet about it if i were still using facebook i'd see everybody talking about it all my family and friends would be just going crazy about it i'm excited i'm probably going to watch more football this season than i ever have before because even the last couple years where i got in college i sort of fell off a little bit i was still following it but not as closely but these last two years i've been more into it even then i was not watching pretty much any full games other than the chiefs games and this year i'm definitely going to try and at least watch the all the primetime games along with what the Chiefs play, if not the entire Sunday. Yeah, I think we can end on uh, the season opener predictions if you want it. If we want to end on Bills versus Rams, who are you taking in the first game of the season? So Bills Rams, that's a hell of a matchup. I, I forgot how good of a matchup that actually is, but potential Super Bowl preview. I think the Rams, I think the Rams might sneak one out and people might start doubting the Bills way too early because that happens with some great team at the beginning of every season is they have a down performance and people start thinking that they're done and then they rebound. I'll, I'll say that's what happens with the Bills. It is the Rams title defense. So yeah, something yeah. to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think at home on primetime defending their title, I think I'll probably go with the Rams as well. You know, I'm, I'm a Stafford fan, but I think the Bills <laughs> are just going to be too good. I think the Bills are going to take it. 
I think I have the Bills, uh, but not by much. I, I mm. mean, if the Rams show up and if, if the defense really is what it's uh, chalked up to be, I think it will be uh, it will make for a really interesting game. You just so you showed the the spread here in our chat and only a spread of two and a half with an over under of fifty two and a half, which means it's going to be yeah. they're expecting a very high scoring game and a very close game. Yeah, that's uh, one of the best ways to watch football is high scoring and close. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I I think I might go with the under on that just because those are two very good defenses. They're two fantastic offenses as well. But I think it might be a bit more a defensive struggle than people are thinking. But we'll see. I can't wait to be totally wrong about this when we do our uh, first actual main episode, our week one recap. But yeah, I think that will probably do it for us here for the first the zero the episode zero. I will call it of Fourth and Infinity, where we previewed the twenty twenty two NFL season and then talked about how wrong we were about our predictions from the en- end of last season. It should be a fun year. There's going to be a lot of football. I might, if I get sick football by the end of the year because I'm watching it more than ever, then I'm going to be very mad. But I don't think that's something I should have to have to worry about too much. I don't think I can watch football more than I have the past <laughs> few years. So I yeah. think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to do this because it's also going to make me follow it closer, which I always, I always struggle with at some points in the season. But I think doing this will keep me focused on everything happening in the league, not just what's happening with my team. Yeah, I'm excited should be a good yep. time it'll be a fun season okay so there you go folks our, our our main take is that it should be a fun season as if you had any doubt so that's going to do it for us here with our first episode i'm going to put everybody's socials and everything like that in the description in case you want to follow us and see what we talk about more so until next time until our week one recap that's going to do it for us and goodbye goodbye